It's time now for super psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. Welcome to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years this evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and at 6 p.m. Eastern Time right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. <clears throat> and today is Sunday, November the 11th. Happy Veterans Day and thank you to all who have served and all who are currently serving in our armed forces. And a special thank you to Art Mendoza's father, Art is the producer of this program. And thank you to my own dad, who both served during World War II in the South Pacific. Art's dad was in the Navy and mine was in the Army Air Corps. So we're remembering them today as well as thanking all of the other veterans and active military And we are back live with another show this evening, and I'm here in beautiful, although quite a bit chilly, Austin, Texas, while Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is making the show run remotely from the Rio Grande Valley. And we have another great program in store for you. In a little while after the break, we'll be joined on the phone by Julie Sternierenberg, who is a freelance writer and editor, lifelong educator and artist. And she's joining us to discuss her new book published with Victoria Brewster called Journey's End, Death, Dying, and the End of Life. And it's a collection of 54 perspectives on death and dying. And Julie will talk about that book and why she wrote it and what she hopes she will accomplish with this book. And I will be discussing Honoring Veterans Day by committing to creating peace within ourselves and our relationships and our communities and beyond. Um, With another sneak peek into my book, The Passionate Life, so some of this I've written about in the book and some of of it I came up with today. So I'm going to talk about some of my thoughts on this topic. And throughout this evening's show, we will have time to take your questions. So if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guests, please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855-345-4720. That's email your questions to me, and I will read them on the air. And my email address is drmara, that's D-R-M-A-R-A, at drmaracarpel.com D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L and you can hear this evening's program again by going to my website and the link to the podcast will be posted later tonight along with any website links that are given by my guests on the show and you can just go to my website drmaracarpel.com And you can also hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, that's B-L-O-G, talkradio.com, slash your golden years. And for information about previous programs, to listen to previous programs or get the website links that were discussed on them, um, read my blogs, Watch the videos. Some of these interviews are videotaped when our guests are live here in Austin, Texas. Um, All of that. Find out about my book. Purchase my book. Find out about my upcoming course. It's all a one-stop shop. And you can also listen to all of the previous shows that we have done with Blog Talk Radio over the past five years by going directly to blogtalkradio.com slash your golden years. And if you want to find out what's coming up next, if you want to know about the show that's coming the next week or read the blog that's just been published, um, follow me on Facebook. It keeps you up to date with up-to-the-minute news. So follow me on Facebook at Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. That is the best place. 
All right. And if this is the first time that you're tuning in, I'm a licensed psychologist from New York City practicing here in Austin and in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. And I work with adults of all ages and have a specialty of working with seniors and caregivers and for the past few years have been evaluating veterans for PTSD. And part of the time, my office is in the wonderful Veterans Resource Center, Heroes Night Out, which is located in Cedar Park, Texas. And if you'd like more information about this great resource for veterans and for veterans' families, I would suggest that you check out their website, which is Heroes Night Out. Do you want to contact me? Do you have a question that you want to ask me or some information that you want me to know about? Uh, feel free to call me. My phone number is 512-626-6973 or send me an email to drmara at drmaracarpel.com or just go to my website, drmaracarpel.com and click on contact. This evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psycho Productions and sponsored by Dr. Ronald DeVere, Neurologist Memory Specialist and author of the book, Memory Loss, Everything You Want to Know But Forget to Ask. To make an appointment with Dr. DeVere at his memory clinic in Lakeway, Texas, or to purchase a copy of his book, you can call him at 512-261-7909 or send him an email to rdevere, that's R-D-E-V-E-R-E, at austin.rr.com. And his book is also available on Amazon. This evening's program is also sponsored by Gathers Your Stories and turns them into multimedia collections that can be shared now and for generations to come. Have Story House over to conduct a private interview in your home or invite them to your next big event or family reunion. Story House, where your memories live. Find out more at yourstoryhouse.com or call 512-296-8752. Okay, we're going to take a brief break. Um, Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back very shortly. And after the break, we'll be joined on the phone by Julie Sager Nirenberg to talk about her book, Journey's End, Death, Dying, and the End of Life. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. Worried about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years, specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia. Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the fact. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. And we are back. And if you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. Joining us on the phone, we have Julie Sager-Nirenberg, freelance writer, editor, lifelong educator, and artist. And she's joining us to talk about the new book that she has recently published with Victoria Brewster called Journey's End, Death, Dying, and the End of Life. Welcome, Julie. Thank you so much, Mara. It's so good to be here, and I appreciate you uh, having me on the show. Yeah, thank you for joining us. And I just want to remind you, when we speak like this, there's a slight delay, so it's just good to have that in mind when we speak. So, so Julie... um, 
Why don't we start off with a little bit about your history? Maybe you can fill our listeners in on who you are and and what you do. Okay, I'd be happy to do that. So um, I have, have uh, for many years, been an educator, and in recent years I've been uh, a freelance uh, writer, author, um, and an author coach. So I, I help uh, people to get their books ready to publish and to pub- sometimes to self-publish those. Um, and I had, um, during the year 2012, I had an experience where um, I was working with a client who was very closely aligned with um, this topic that we're talking about today. She, um, she is a nurse educator who trains people of all different backgrounds and, and professions to be better communicators of, about end-of-life uh, issues and at the end of life so that they can work well with uh, families and with uh, the dying themselves. And um, so um, her name, and I'm sorry, it's escaping me for the sec. I'll, I'll think of it in a bit. Um, uh-huh. So. It, it that's that's not so I was working with her and at the same time my father um was actually uh nearing the end of his life and so I was working with this lady on on helping her put all of her content uh into uh, into her her website and into training programs that she had so I became very familiar with the the uh, the training materials at the very mm-hmm. same time that I was working, I, mean, I was supporting my own father as he neared the end of his life. Wow. Okay. So it must have been very powerful for you. It was. It was remarkable. Her name is Virginia Sino. I'm sorry, I had that little senior moment there where I couldn't, uh, couldn't okay. think of that. Doctor Virginia Sino is her name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so I happened to be with my father at various times uh, over the the last few months of his life uh, when when he was um, getting the, the the sad news that his his cancer was terminal and that sort of thing. And then in the very Last few days of his life, I was able to be uh, there and, and accompany him. My father was a was a social worker, his background, and I think that that helped him quite a bit to be um, to be prepared for the end of his life. And what what occurred for for us, for a, myself and the family, is that my dad um, he very consciously. Um, approached the end of his life and he coached us through that situation he he wow. was just amazing yeah mm-hmm. so i i ended up publishing a very short memoir about that experience and uh and began sharing it with people who work in end of life support um and and through that outreach i i ended up um and i'm still doing that to to a great extent, I ended up being connected with literally thousands of people from around the world who who are um, either just individuals who have experiences in this arena or um, professionals who work in various roles of support and training, et cetera. And so um, it it it, uh, it was a profound experience for me that that really ended up. Um, transforming much of my work because then people who were drawn to me, uh, many of them had a variety of experiences in this area that they wanted to share. In fact, what would happen for me is that on any given day, I would find in my emails and in my mailbox stories and quotes and um, and outreach that people had sent to me um in in return for the story that I had shared with them and and mm-hmm. my co-author my co-author on journey's end um Victoria Brewster she was one of the people that I connected with around my my short little memoir she was reviewing it for her own uh website and we started talking i hadn't met her she she actually lives in montreal i live in toronto which is about 5 hours away 
I hadn't mm-hmm. met her, but we we immediately uh, realized that we had a very common um, interest in in furthering the conversation around death and dying and and making that uh, be a more acceptable uh, area of discussion and sharing and and that she works with very elderly people and i had all these stories and together we thought you know let's let's put together a uh, a kind of an anthology and that's what we ended up doing we worked on it for well over 2 years and um we ended up with um 50 over 50 different perspectives on the end of life all in one text um many of the perspectives are uh, personal stories that are uh, very heart-led stories, and the people were were very happy to participate. Um, we were quite quite pleased to be able to give their their story a a uh, a voice for with with an audience. And um, mm-hmm. there are any number of stories um, from all different aspects of of uh, people who. Um, have experienced death and dying from from uh, unborn, newborn, all the way through to the the most aged person that might might be uh, passing, and and um, all different kinds of circumstances. So, it was just an incredible uh, variety of, of people that kind of showed up in, in the perfect timing and the in the, in their very generous way to share these stories with us. Um, we also, in the book, provide a great number of resources. So many of the people who participated wanted to share the the types of resources that they've developed, um, oftentimes uh, inspired by their own personal experiences with a dying person. And, mm-hmm. and the resources, um, various different resources that have to do with um, how to support this situation and whether it's in a legal way or a a way that helps uh, families to deal with the very practical aspects after death, or uh, perhaps people want alternative burial types of of choices. So we have a, a great variety of resources in the book, and also um, we we present uh, topics and questions for further thought and discussion. So that if people mm-hmm. wanted to use this book as a as something they might share in a book group or in a classroom situation, it's it's uh, it's already got some very thought provoking um, uh, ideas that people can can use as jumping off points for for sharing with one another. I, I wonder, are there um, suggestions or resources for people dealing with grief? Oh, no, absolutely. Because... Yes. Okay. Yes. Very good mm-hmm. question. So many of the many of the um stories in the book, if if you uh, want to call them that, many of these are 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 sh- people's own shared experiences dealing with grief and and the uh the ways that they've integrated their losses. Um, and then many of the people who contributed are actually professionals in the area of grief support. So mm-hmm. uh, some, of, some of them share either how they got involved in that, the, the, kinds of, um, the kinds of resources that they have. But, yes, there are many, many different grief support uh, resources in there. And one of the things that, that people who are experiencing loss might find helpful is that there are very interesting circumstances that many of the people had, and often these stories don't get told. They don't get shared. You don't hear about, uh, you know, some of the the circumstances that people shared in our book, and we felt quite privileged to share those stories. Um, and so, that um, I think that that there's something for everyone in this book. It may not be exactly the same circumstances that that uh, each individual reading it has experienced. Uh, every death is unique. Every family circumstance is unique. But it's. I think there are there are stories that will resonate with any reader. Mhm. Mhm. Um, yeah, I brought up the grief obviously because 
you know, you know, I'm a psychologist, and I, I think it seems, and it was this your experience in people's stories, it seems that the grief around not just after someone passes, but during the process is one of the biggest obstacles for using the resources to help with having things go as well as they can, right, planning. I think grief probably gets in the way of that. It can be overwhelming, and and I will speak to that from my own personal personal uh, recent history. So, um, whether ironically or or as a, a a condition of synchronicity, I don't know what. Um, but at any rate, what happened for me is that this book was published in July of 2017, and in that same week, I learned we learned that my husband had um had terminal cancer he had pancreatic cancer mm. and so he actually passed away on um on the on March of this year March tw- of 2018 okay. and so i i was um you know as it was a very different circumstance from the one that i had experienced with my own elderly father um very sure. very different um not that it you know, my dad would have loved to. My dad was full of life and would have loved to have lived much longer. Uh, but he also, uh, he was 87 years old. You know, my my late husband was much younger, and he also um, he didn't have as much time to um, to to process that. So, what happens when we learn about? Um, a, a situation like that, a, a terminal diagnosis, is that we begin we begin grieving right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's, we're already living that grief, and sure. uh, and and especially as um, circumstances may become more intense, and um, you know whatever's happening. And this is, I believe, in my case, I felt, you know, toward the end of of my husband's life. Um, you know, things happen rather quickly. So I don't know if that's a good answer to your question, but yes, grief can really get in the way of of, uh, of our access to some of those resources. I think it would avail us uh, all to know what they are and to begin to take advantage of them well in advance of us actually needing them. And mm. And again, I can speak to my husband's circumstance we had a lot of great ideas and plans about things that we were going to take care of in a in a very practical way and many of those never happened we ran out of time mm-hmm. and and he he ran out of the um uh the mental capacity the focus to be able to right. uh, you know he was he was very um you know fatigued on a daily basis he did not have the wherewithal to be able to follow through with those ideas. And so in spite of our best intentions, some of those things did not come to pass before he passed away. So I, mm-hmm. I, I strongly encourage everyone to, to accept the fact that, uh, and I say this to myself with a, with a mirror in front of me, uh-huh. um, accept the fact we're all going to die someday. Um, there are, there are uh, choices that, to be made. And if we don't make them consciously ourselves, they will be made for us. And uh, and it may not be in the ways that we would prefer. So there are many things that people can do to help ensure that they and their loved ones uh, have the have the care and the the outcomes that they would like the the most. Mm-hmm. Like for example, what might those be? You know, ahead of time before you know, we're even faced with that situation? Well, for one thing, uh, you know, making sure that all your all your uh, legal type paperwork is in order. You know, do you mm-hmm. have a will? Uh, and, and have, if you have a will, has anything changed from the last time? So, for instance, in my situation, um, I have, I had a will I had created um, with, 
with my husband. Uh, he had it. He had his own will. I had my will, <laughs> um, but it it was uh, while he was uh, alive that will was valid in in that um, context. As soon as he passed away, my will, my personal will, was actually no longer valid because he huh. was no longer. He was no longer alive, and my husband. So I actually, in in the weeks after he passed, I I knew that, and I went ahead and and made the few changes and and created another will because I did not want to die with that. And it's not that I have, uh, you know, I'm I'm hoping to live a quite a long life. Uh, right. No, I'm not. It's not that I'm expecting that. But here's what I know, and I know it very well. We never know when something's going to happen. Uh, to us that uh, that changes you know the best of our intentions and and we all you know we like to live with the uh, with the notion that uh, you know life is going to go on and you know we're all going to live to you know a ripe old age and it it does happen that way for for people for many people and and the healthier we are and and the more we take care of ourselves and so forth the more likely that is to happen but we just never know uh, and, and any circumstance, whether it's accidental or uh, or some kind of health development, uh, can can come in the way of that. So um, you know, it's I I recommend not only that people um, take care of the legal, legal aspects, but that they have the conversations. I think this is even more important. Have those conversations, those those important conversations with your loved ones. And one of the things my father did so well in his last days and weeks was that he he said he called each of us, each of his important uh, loved ones into his presence, and he said to us, um, you know, is there anything that you want to tell me, that you want to ask me or that that you know any unfinished business he welcomed the chance mm-hmm. for us to to resolve anything that we felt unresolved about wow, that's it, wonderful it was a wonderful gift and he also mm-hmm. he he gave us his blessing he said that, that just in the sweetest ways you know love is eternal you know my love for you will never die uh, he 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 said, you know, God is love, and 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 it that is eternal, and we're mm-hmm. we're you know he just wanted us to be reassured, and he did it so amazingly well, and that's why I cite him about that. That's just one way that people can, uh, you know, can right. relate to their loved ones. But it was an important way for him, and he did it more than once. He just. You know, he he said, "I did I do this? Did I say this? I want to say it again." And and just mm-hmm. it, it was it was a gift. And um, I also I think it's important not only for us to talk about that kind of uh, you know making peace or or uh, resolving any any old conflicts or whatever, but also to uh, any kind of acknowledgments. There are going to be special things that people have done for you and. And you know, and not just your immediate loved ones. I have in my life other significant people that I I would like to acknowledge, and I try to do that on a regular basis. I acknowledge them mm-hmm. for the the great ahas that they gave me, or the the stage of my professional development that they contributed to, or whatever that is that I would like to acknowledge them for, for being the kind of friend to me that's always there, you know, for me, whatever that might be, to be able to have those conversations while the time is still, you know, there for you. It's just so important. And uh, and possibly, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go on. I other another thing that that uh, there're just so many things I'm thinking of but one of the uh-huh. wonderful things people can do and I have done this to some extent I want to do it to a much greater extent is to write some letters sometimes people call these legacy letters um to to write letters um you know it's kind of like a as something that you want to leave and it's it's some special thoughts that you want to impart to your loved ones that they they would have that letter after you 
after you passed. Mm. But they would mm-hmm. have that letter in, in your own hand and with your your own special thoughts, or uh, perhaps perhaps you have grandchildren who at some point in their lives uh, are going to have a special event and, you know, you're not going to be there for that. What what would you like them to, to know that you're thinking about that, that mm. special time when they, you know, when you know your granddaughter's going to be getting married and you may not be there? What would you say to her if you were there? And, you know, it, right. it's just a very sweet uh, and, and generous thing to, to try to, it may be kind of hard to do, but what a wonderful gift to leave for people. And, and to the extent that you're able to do things like that, I would encourage people to do that. And do it while you're well enough to, uh, to be thinking clearly and, and uh, managing to produce those things and, mm-hmm. and not feel like it, you're desperate for the time uh, to run out and not be able to handle that. Right. That all makes a lot of sense. Really, yeah. Really so nice. one of the things that's in the book is uh, is a a variety of different kinds of checklists that can help people. Checklists that mm-hmm. other other um, specialists in this arena have put together, and and I encourage uh, people to look at those because they have a lot of wonderful ideas. So, who do you recommend this book for? Well. Um, I really think it's it's wonderful for anyone, any mm-hmm. even even a teenager like. or an adult. There are even some stories in this book that would be appropriate for children. Not that you would just hand the book over to a child, but that you could share with children um, uh-huh. because some of them go back to that that early experience of of uh, childhood. And uh, in fact, I wrote one of the chapters around that, um, that that just shared some of my early exposure. And it it would get children to be thinking about uh, their own experiences, um, you know, of a pet dying or uh, whatever it might be that they they could mm-hmm. relate to that way. Maybe a grandparent that they had lost or something like that that would be good. Right. But I think people of all ages, people who um, who are who have either recently experienced a uh, a death or maybe they have someone in their family who's received a terminal diagnosis and they're preparing in their own ways for to be ready for that but i think uh maybe i don't know i don't want to say more importantly but we definitely do feel this book would be excellent as a textbook for anyone who is training to be in a death support um, mm-hmm. um, end-of-life support role, whether that's a clergy member, a any kind of medical personnel. <coughs> a, um, it could be someone in the police force that we have a, uh, we have a, uh, an officer who contributed one of the stories. And, and when she, when she wrote, her story, I realized how many different times in her career um, she was in a role of of death support. And anyway, there are just so many different uh, people who who would be in, whether they're nurses or doctors or uh, any kind of, um, any kind of, have you heard of the death doulas? So there, yes, there are I, stories. Fact, I know yeah, these several of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So people who teach thanatology, which is the study of end of life or, or death, anyone who is in a in a role of of that kind of thing, uh, I think this book would be excellent for them. And across the nation, across um, you know the United States, I'm hearing more and more about the university classes that are around this type of of, uh, topic. And I'm very happy to hear about that. They're very well uh, attended. They're very very popular on the campuses that are offering them um, because the young people want to to know more and they want to be in the conversation. um, Right. 
this would be an excellent uh, resource book for anyone that's in those uh, responsible for that kind of education. Right. So how can people find out more about you and or about your book and purchase the book? Where can they go um, for that? Well, there there are many different ways. If they want to, one quick way, of course, Google's off awesome. <laughs> you know, so uh-huh. if you were to if you were to Google Julie Sager Nirenberg, you know, you would find um, an immediate link to to things about me, things that I've um, published, and uh, to the books um, that I've published. But you can also go on to our website, which is www.journeysandbooks with a s.com journeysandbooks.com so that's another way um we're on we're on uh, Barnes and Noble Amazon um and and uh, the Ex Libris that's our publisher so we're on their site um mm-hmm. i i've yeah i've been told that sometimes the easier way is to is to go through the authors to google the authors and and or or look up the authors, and and uh, right. you sometimes well, I, find us faster that way. Well, I will put links on my website. So, uh, oh, well, thank links you very you much. Just told me about yeah. yes on on the post about this show. So, if listeners just want to go to my website later tonight and look for the post about this program, I'll have it there, and they can just click on it. Okay? Well, wonderful. Thank you so very much. The uh, all right. The, Journey's End book is is a very comprehensive anthology, and I I feel uh, that everyone who contributed to it deserves a lot of the credit. Yeah, it sounds it's very important, very important topic. So I appreciate you being on the program and telling us about it, and and you know, thanks for the book. I'm going to let everybody know about it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me, and I'm always happy to talk about it. And uh, it's it's a it's a worthwhile topic. Yes, it is. It is. Thank you so much. And and Welcome. you have a good evening. Thank you. I will. All right. And and you okay. too, Mara. Thank bye. you. Bye bye. Uh-huh. All right, we're going to take a brief break, and we have more to come, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaracarpell.com. All right, and we are back. If you're just just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on Blog Talk Radio and on drmaracarpell.com. And I want to thank um, Julie Sager Nirenberg again for being on the program. I think this is a really important topic. And, you know, I've been having a hard time getting guests to come on to this and dying. And I had a few, but... I don't know why it's been so difficult, but I'm very glad that this book is out. And um, as I said, I will be posting the link. I did find the website online, so I will post that uh, later this evening. So if you go to my website, drmaricartel.com, and just um, go to the post about this program, it'll be there, and you can just click on it. Okay, so just for some news, um, let me see what's happened since last time we were on. Um, 
let's see. I have a blog coming out this week, so keep your eyes open um, for an upcoming blog on thriveglobal.com, and um, that will be posted on my website as soon as it publishes and will also be on my Facebook page, which is a great place for finding out what the latest news is, um, and that's Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. Um, let's see, we had the book signing in Colorado, and the next one that is currently scheduled is in January, at the end of January, the 25th, on South Padre Island at Paragraph Books, and I will be posting the information about the time and the address to that. I think that right now I won't be doing any book signings for November and December because uh, things get a little crazy with everybody's schedules with the holidays coming up, and I don't think it doesn't seem to be a good time to do a book signing. So it'll be January fresh in January. And um, also there will be another book signing coming up. I don't have the date for that here in Austin, Texas and I will let you know the details as soon as that's scheduled. We've um, been, uh, been talking about doing this event, and um, so I will keep you up to date on that. Um, the course, I'm working on it right now, and um, by the middle of this month, which is coming up really soon, I will be offering um, a pre-launch so anybody who wants to sign up for that will get the course at half price, which the the course is already at a low price introductory offer. So um, it'll be half of that for the for those who prepay for the course and who want to be part of um, the co-creation by letting me know what areas you'd like to have me cover in the book in the course based on the book so if you've read the book and you think wow I really want to go deeper into this particular topic that would be really helpful for me and you can have a course that is custom made for you so that pre-launch aside from only paying half price is that you can get more of what you want um, custom made and the the course will launch and be ready. It's scheduled at this point to be ready by the um, third week of January. So that's the plan, that there will be a course ready for you to um, to use. And it, it's a downloadable course, so it will be on my website. Um, once you purchase it, then you can download it and then you can um, – you know, use it at your leisure. Um, and in this time where everybody's busy, I don't like to do live events um, because most people can't make it at the exact time that I schedule it. <laughs> um, and there will be a few live calls or, or Facebook um, events based on the course, um, but you, they'll all be recorded so you can get them afterwards. Okay, so that's that available on my website. So take a look at that. And what else? Okay, so that's it for the news. Um, I do want to talk a bit about it being Veterans Day. And again, I want to thank all of those who have served and are still serving for your service. And this topic, you know, and I was thinking about what am I going to talk about today related to that and I want to talk about how we can honor Veterans Day by creating peace and I mean that on an individual level creating peace within ourselves within our relationships within our communities and expanding out that out into the world Supporting veterans doesn't mean that we want to go to war all the time, right? It means it means that we um, want to people who protect us, and they can do a better job of protecting us when things are more peaceful and their lives are not in danger. So um, I would say that the best way to support our veterans is through peace. 
And, um, you know, last week the guest on this show was Jonathan Troen, and he was discussing his new program, Self-Love Revolution. And one of the things that he said, and I'm not sure if he said it during our interview or if he only said it um, prior to the interview to me, is that, and I completely agree with this, so I'm borrowing his quote, and he said, if everyone were to truly have self-love, then there would be no, no need for war. And I think that's true. Um, and his definition of self-love, I want to say, is not in a narcissistic way. It's in really, truly um, taking care of yourself and caring for yourself and understanding that you are divine and you're worthy of love and care. And when you really, truly care for yourself, then you're able to see that everyone around you is also divine and worthy. Everyone, all walks of life, no matter um, what socioeconomic status they come from or ethnic or religious or uh, racial heritage, um, everyone, no matter their occupation, everyone is worthy of love and that we're all connected. And I think it starts from that self-love um, feeling worthy within, and at that when we have that, we don't have any need for jealousy. We don't have any need for um, feeling superior. And I think he's right. There, you know, there would be no need for war. There would be no greed. No need for power. Um, and there would be this understanding that if I hurt someone, it's going to hurt me. And we are all connected. Now, bringing that about in the world is, you know, that's a big undertaking. So I think the place to start is with ourselves and with our um, the people that surround us. And do that. And I've spoken about this many times. And I've written about this in my book uh, when I talked about generosity and kindness, that when we are kind to ourselves and we're kind to the people around us, it ripples out into the world because then people, um, the people who we're kind to feel inspired to be kind to the people around them and so on and so forth. And so it really does have an effect in the world. As powerless as we sometimes feel with the hatred and anger um, that we see around us and in the and on the news certainly. Um, but we do have we do have some power. I think our superpower, as I talked about it last week, is to be kind. And um you know I you know I talked about this last week uh, about kindness and and um, generosity as our superpower because of the recent um, events where people have been people and that last week we were talking about a recent event where people had been killed because of their religion um, because of hatred. And now it bears repeating because it just continues. It seems like every week we have a new tragedy of hatred causing people on on a large scale to be pointlessly um, killed. The most recent event, though, I do have to, this is an aside that's also relevant to Veterans Day, and the most recent event had to do with the, the person who perpetrated this act of hatred, having PTSD, having been a veteran with PTSD. And that's what what we hear anyway. That's what they say on the news. But it happens a lot. And this is a really important point that, an important adjunct to this topic. Um, I work with veterans daily who have PTSD. And it's really important for us not to stigmatize this. Um, you know, most of the time PTSD does not lead to going out and and killing people. It really has more to do with suffering alone. Um, But 
it can escalate to that if we if we ignore it and it goes untreated and we stigmatize it. You know, we send our troops out to fight in wars um, or to be in other dangerous situations. Not all of the PT is caused by actual combat, but but you know, um, troops are sent into extremely dangerous situations and we must be willing to then give the compassion and and the care um, when they return home, especially for those who return home differently than when they left. I mean, that's our responsibility to do that. And you can't, um, unless you're on board with caring for them when they return um, in a different state of mind. And, you know, PTSD is treatable and it should be treated. And I don't just mean medication. Sometimes medication is important, but I think um, it sometimes is overused. Um, there are many new types of treatment that don't involve medication um, with no side effects that have been found to be extremely effective. And then we've had guests on the program talking about EMDR, for example. Um, their mindfulness meditation has been powerful in the treatment of PTSD and even yoga. All, you know, not one or the other, but all used in conjunction with each other. Um, but the main thing is really offering more treatment, having more availability for treatment, and um, and not stigmatizing PTSD and being um, compassionate so that uh, veterans themselves don't feel ashamed to ask for help and run into um, that veterans have had this for a long time and have been afraid to ask for help because they they were afraid of the stigma. So, and this is, you know, I think part of, part of the whole picture of, of peace is compassion and having compassion for everyone around us and for ourselves. And, you know, as Jonathan spoke about last week, it begins with loving and forgiving ourselves. But sometimes that's difficult. And so I offer a plan of acting with kindness and generosity towards other people without expectation, as I've written about in the book, that um, once you have expectation, it takes away the benefit. And when we do that, when we are kind and generous to other people, it can help us to love ourselves more because it gives us a sense of purpose, um, a meaning in life, which leads passion and having more passion in life, which leads to inner peace and self-love. So it kind of, it's, it's, you know, back and forth. It's a cycle. So if we love ourselves truly, then we will have more passion and be more, have more kindness. But sometimes we have to start backwards and start with doing things for other people. so that we can start to get that benefit of feeling good about ourselves and um, having more passion and purpose in our lives. And, you know, so what do we do, though, when we run into one of the biggest obstacles, which is our ego, which creates anger at others and even self-loathing? We hear that voice in our head telling us that we're not doing things right and, you know, and you know, I think that we hear is that self-loathing voice of the ego. And then what do we do when we run into other people who um, are dealing with their own ego issues and, and are putting it on us, they're projecting it onto us. And, and I was having this conversation with, with Jonathan a few days ago after he was on the program that I think that we are especially affected by people who say um, unsupportive things to us when they press that button 
um, where they say the the very thing that negative thing that we've been saying to ourselves. But those people have the most power to make us upset because we um, are already saying those things to ourselves. So, you know, I give in chapter, let's see, I said I would give a sneak peek into the book, so I'm going to read you a little bit uh, uh, from this chapter, chapter 15, Surviving and Forgiving the Critics. I give some tips and some lessons I've learned from survive, for surviving the critics and detoxing from the venom so that we can be peaceful and we can spread this peace without anger. Because if we carry around the venom that we have picked up from other people toward us, then it's very hard to then be peaceful in the world and have that self-love and be peaceful in our relationships and in our interactions in our communities and in the world. We end up wanting to spew that venom towards other people and just keep escalating that anger and hatred, which we really um, we really want to dissolve. So, so here are some of the lessons that can help us to not allow that venom to stay with us, to let it through us so that we can be peaceful. Number one, um, very often people strike out when they themselves are experiencing deep emotional pain. Sometimes they put people down in order to feel superior. This, This does not make their behavior okay, but having that understanding helps us to have compassion and to not take it what is said personally. So like Don Miguel Ruiz told us in his book, The Four Agreements, don't take anything personally. Nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. Okay. Number two, when we practice mindfulness, we can, which I, there's chapter 12 is, how to practice meditation, one of them is mindfulness, we can take a step back away from the venom and see it more clearly as being more about the other person than it is about us. And mindfulness, the ability to calm down and to better think through our own response rather than reacting in a harmful way. Number three, every morning you might try this, silently reciting a self-affirmation. So I created this self-affirmation from Jack Kornfield's meditation from The Earth is My Witness. Um, Let my body be solid like a mountain and my mind open like the sky. May I rest on the earth like a Buddha or an enlightened being and become acquainted with my capacity to witness all that arises and to remain centered and stable and steady in the midst of it all. That's just my affirmation that I created, and you can use that as you're welcome to use it as a guide to create your own. Um, And imagery and affirmations can be quite powerful in helping us to pull the lens back and expand the picture in front of us rather than getting caught up in all mind of feeling victimized. And number four, cry if you feel like it. Tears are cleansing and can be a detoxing relief. Um, You might also tell a close trusted friend, um, someone who can help to put things into perspective, and might speak to a professional if it continues to bother you. And then number five, surround yourself with positive people who treat you with respect and love. When we do this, it helps us to see that we're worthy of love and it reminds us of how we want to be treated by others. It also increases our own self-love when we are around people who model genuine, not narcissistic self-love. All right. And then really it's important to not get caught up in in debating um, we really need to ask ourselves um, if we if it's important to be right all the time. 
And the ego thrives on proving our rightness. But the momentary thrill of winning an argument, if that actually happens, is just that momentary. And, you know, I'm guilty of that. I get caught up in that. But the truth is that it's pointless and it just brings about more anger than it does anything positive. Um, Okay, so peace in the world and care for our warriors starts with us, our inner peace, leading to our ability to be compassionate towards those who need help and toward people who don't look like us throughout the world and right here at home. Um, And I just want to mention there was something that I found here in the book by Jack Cornfield called No Time Like the Present. Um, There were two tags here. Um, Okay. Be prepared to respond but not to react. Reacting is natural, but a deeper strength grows from our ability to listen carefully to what is needed, even amid uncertainty. With humility, we can acknowledge what we don't know yet. We don't know what will happen politically. We don't know what will happen in the world. We have to look for possibility and listen deeply. Um, the, Ta- the Tao De Ching asks, Can you be still and not act until right action comes of itself? So rather than reacting with anger towards other people, we can just listen to what they really have to say and what they're really saying underneath the what is in a way that creates value rather than in a hateful way that just creates more anger. Um, and as Jack Cornfield says, remember these timeless teachings. Hatred never ceases by hatred, but by love alone is healed. Generosity, love, and wisdom bring happiness. Practice them, embody them, plant seeds of goodness, and well-being for all will grow. A time of change has come. We must listen deeply, bear witness, honor everyone, and choose our actions wisely and courageously. Don't worry if the right action is not yet clear to you. Wait in the unknowing with mindfulness and a clear heart and soon the right time will come and you will know to stand up. We That's a hard one, right? Most of us want to act right away. When something happens, we want to react and we don't want to wait, be in uncertainty. Uncertainty makes a lot of people very anxious. But um, if you can be at peace with uncertainty and allow the answers to come to you about how to respond, then you will be a part of the change, the part of the peace that you want to see in the world because that's really a powerful response. And I just want to let you know, and it's just just happened to notice that I had written this in the in the chapter of my book as I was preparing for this, that two days from now, November 13th, is World Kindness Day. And uh, let's see. Yes, World Kindness Day. And this in 1988, 1988, the World Kindness Movement, which is a non-governmental organization of the United Nations, introduced World Kindness Day and is celebrated around the world on November 13th every year. So on that day, how do you celebrate? You're invited to commit at least one random act of kindness. So that's it. On November 13th, commit to... um, Commit to at least one random act of kindness. And I would say that you might love it so much that you might start doing it every day. But at least on November 13th, um, this is a way to jumpstart bringing about peace in the world. Okay, so... We're going to end the show early this evening because Art is out of town. And so 
know, it's much easier when he's here. So we're going to end it early and we'll have a full show with the whole musician artist thing at the end next week. So let me let you know what's happening next week before I, before I go. November 18th, we'll be back in the studio, in our Austin studio, and joining us once again, David Phillips, who is owner of Tango Tribe, Argentine Tango School in Austin, to discuss the many mind and body, mind and body health benefits of tango. Um, and we'll have more. We always have more. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from this show and about upcoming shows, listen to previous shows, read my blog, get the link that Julie was talking about this evening, go to my website, drmarakarpel.com, and the link to the podcast along with all the information from this evening's program will be posted later this evening. And also be sure to follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years, for all the latest information. And you can hear this evening's program in as soon as five minutes from now by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com slash Your Golden Years. This evening's program was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions and by neurologist and memory specialist, Dr. Ronald DeVere, and by Storyhouse. And special thanks to my guest, Julie Sager-Nirenberg. And, of course, thank you to Art down there in the Rio Grande Valley for producing the program. And thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring week. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Any guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.